Accessing node A two E E E three four Q. Connected. Downloading. Transfer complete. Welcome back to the Dead Drop, your secure transfer of video game and developer news. I'm Matthew Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. Welcome back to the podcast for the second day this week, and if you're a brand new listener, welcome to the show. There's been a lot of peaks and troughs in game news over the last few weeks, and today is probably more of a trough, but there's still some areas of studios and game development taking place that are very interesting, and the first story of which I'm pretty excited about. So I'm not going to waffle on here, we're just going to get straight into the news. This is your transfer from the 24th of November, 2022, and these are the news stories that you need to know. A lot of countries are starting to see the value of game development and the kind of money and attention it brings to the country. Australia is one of these, and luckily, there is now a new bill being presented to Parliament called the Digital Games Tax Offset, which is designed to give tax breaks to game studios looking to develop their games in Australia. While it is much more complicated than just giving game studios money, it seems like the basic level of this is delivering a 30% tax incentive to Australian video game developers at least, with projects over 500k. The IGEA, or the Interactive Games and Entertainment Association in Australia has been reporting on this on their website through a blog, and working with parliamentary members to try and get this bill passed. It's just in its initial stages, but it's a great sign, especially after seeing the number of games that have come out of Australia to great success over the last couple of years. And while there's been a lot of work in Australia to try and create incentives from the state level, the fact that it's also supported from the federal level is a brilliant boon for us in Australia. But I did say multiple countries, and it seems that Ireland has also introduced a tax credit for digital games unveiled a couple of days ago that would allow companies to claim back up to 32% of the costs incurred to make a digital game. This is design, production, and testing. So if you're a game developer working in either of these countries for a game development studio that's housed in these countries specifically, then it looks like there's a great incentive and hopefully a great way to support the industry, get people paid, and create even more brilliant games out of these countries as well. Sony is making moves towards developers selling games on their store by sending a warning saying that it will ban or delist what they call shovelware or easy to platinum games from the PlayStation Store. You might be familiar with this type of game on other platforms. Generally, it will be a game with the same basic mechanics with a slightly different story and there'll be 12 to 15 of these different games. Seems Sony isn't a fan of them, so they have sent a spam and duplicative content warning out to developers that sell on the platform. The most interesting take I've heard so far is Jeff Grubb on the Giant Bombcast saying that this is them trying to address the idea of discoverability on their store because when you have a new or upcoming game section, it's going to push all of this stuff to the very top. Whereas instead, if PlayStation took the time to work on their store-based algorithm to push this stuff to the bottom, then maybe it wouldn't be such a big problem for them. And you might be aware too that the Nintendo eShop tends to suffer from this a little bit as well. And sometimes those games can err on the side of R18+, instead of just your standard G-rated game. 
Ubisoft, after many years, has come out and confirmed that some of its games will be returning to Steam, which is a shift away from their own games platform, Ubisoft Connect. In the past, whenever you've bought a Ubisoft game, if it's not available natively in Steam, generally you can buy it and then it will connect you to the Ubisoft Connect platform to download, install, and then subsequently play that game. They have been testing by making games available on the Epic Games Store of late, however. I know that Assassin's Creed Valhalla was sold there upon release, but now they're including it, Anno 1800, and Roller Champions on Steam shortly as well. This could be a sign that the PC game marketplace wars are starting to die down a little bit, as a lot of different places started developing their own, Activision Blizzard having theirs, Ubisoft having their own, Origin Games now becoming the EA Games marketplace, but a bit of consolidation here probably doesn't hurt their revenue any. And making it available to more people without downloading extra software, it only has to be a good thing for them. We are about digital media literacy on this podcast, and that means sometimes I'll pick apart a story and tell you why it isn't actually news. And this one comes from Video Games Chronicle, stating that God of War Ragnarok's director says he wants to work on Castlevania next. Apparently, he said it on the Kind of Funny Games spoiler cast talking about God of War Ragnarok. It was an offhanded comment, but it hasn't stopped someone from creating a new story entirely around that single comment. Talking about the history of the Castlevania series, the development of different studios covering different games, and look, there is some value to this article, thinking that maybe a Castlevania series in the style of God of War more recently might be coming around the bend, but there is no actual information here. At very best, it's a rumor. So if you see some headlines out there stating that in the clickbait fashion, that Castlevania will be Santa Monica Studios' next big game, just remember what I told you here. And now some quick news headlines to keep you informed. Nintendo's lawyers are at it again, issuing DMCA takedowns for images available on Steam Grid DB, an art sharing website with images commonly used on the Steam Deck to represent emulated games. They clearly don't have a whole lot to do. In God of War Ragnarok news, a music intern goes uncredited for their work on the game, despite not knowing the minimum required amount to be credited on the game. This person has gone onto Twitter to complain about it. A member of the Santa Monica Studios team has gotten back to her about it, saying that they'll pitch it, but nothing has happened yet. A tweet I spotted online from at HZLowers has said that this person, a week into Ubisoft as a junior sound designer, has begun their work on Beyond Good and Evil 2. So if you're wondering about that game and whether it's still in development, it seems that it is. Team Ninja, after our story earlier this week, has come out to clarify that Ninja Gaiden and the Dead or Alive reboot reports may or may not be accurate. They have no information to share at this time, but they do appreciate the value of the series and them potentially being rebooted in future. There have been plentiful reports about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet not performing well on the Nintendo Switch. Some players have asked for refunds, and it seems that within the hour of reporting them, based on bugs and technical defaults, that players are getting these refunds. And that's on the digital store. Very uncommon practice for Nintendo, historically. Microsoft has reportedly offered Sony a deal that would see Call of Duty available on the Sony PlayStation for 10 years. This was offered on November 11th, and it seems that Sony has declined to comment and maybe hasn't agreed to the contract either despite them being very outspoken about the importance of Call of Duty to players and their platform. 
Hideki Kamiya, the writer and designer behind the Bayonetta series, has confirmed somewhat that Bayonetta 4 is currently in development. This is mostly in the context that the ending of Bayonetta 3 didn't make much sense to players, and some were a little bit disappointed. Lastly, remember Square Enix Montreal that became Anoma and then was completely dissected? Four of the games created by them on mobile are apparently going to be shut down shortly. These games include Arena Battle Champions, Deus Ex Go, Hitman Sniper The Shadows, and Space Invaders Hidden Heroes. This makes sense as a business move, as the old studio was focused on mobile development and free-to-play games, but the studio no longer exists, and the Embracer Group is shifting to PC instead of mobile. And that was the gaming industry news that you need to know. Again, if this is your first episode, welcome to the Dead Drop Network. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. If you're up for new social media platforms, check us out on Hive. I've jumped on there now. Give us a follow if you'd like news on that platform as well. The username there is Dead Drop Podcast. If you like this show, rate and review on your podcast platform of choice. Join me every Monday and Thursday for the latest game news and make sure to tell your friends about The Dead Drop. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here in a couple of days. Bye.